This is Michael Popak, Legal AF. Well, it's finally happened. Donald Trump has finally admitted that the Russians got him elected in 2016, and he has Putin to thank. What, what am I talking about? I'm telling you, it's in a new filing and a motion to compel that was just filed this week by Donald Trump's lawyers in the D.C. criminal election interference case against Donald Trump. Why did they say that? Well, they were arguing that they needed to see documents related to foreign interference that may have happened in 2016 and 2020 because Donald Trump now suddenly is the defender of election integrity. The person who single-handedly has been trying to suppress the vote and stop Americans from having uh, having uh, their vote counted is now the protector of the vote. He was just trying to stop the Russians, the Iranians, the Chinese, and the Cubans from interfering with the election because he just wants to be fair and square and whoever wins or loses, except when he loses, and then he wants to stay in power um, and cling to it any way, shape, or form. So in his filing, in which he asked for a, a series of documents, categories of documents that have no relevancy whatsoever to his defense, let me repeat that, the stuff he's asking for this late in order to avoid trial in March has no bearing on his defense, and I'll tell you why. One of the things he said he needed is he needs information about the 2016 election because there's evidence that he's read that the Kremlin through RT America TV, which was controlled by the, by, by the Kremlin and Putin, was uh, instituting a campaign of disinformation to try to influence the hearts and minds of voters to get them to vote for... I guess the winner, the winner of the 2016 election was Donald Trump. So if you just put two and two together, Donald Trump is now arguing that he is entitled to information to determine how the Russians got him elected. I mean, there's no other way for me to to interpret this. I'm going to read from the brief, just so you don't think I'm crazy or making it up. So in their motion to compel, where they're arguing to the judge that they need information about foreign influence related to the 2016 election. They say on the bottom of page seven of their brief, the declassified version of the 2016 election ICA, which is a um, a Russia activities and intentions report, that in that report, they described RT America TV, quote, a Kremlin finance channel operated from within the United States to execute a, quote, Kremlin-directed campaign to undermine faith in the U.S. government and fuel political protest. In other words, the Russians got Donald Trump elected and he wants to get to the bottom of it. It's the only other way to put that. Would you denounce what happened in 2016 and would you warn him to never do it again? All I can do is ask the question. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin... Uh, He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. You might be wondering to 2020 and the 2020 election and whether Donald Trump believed or didn't believe that there was election interference in terms of fraud. It was always fraud, not election interference. Fraud in the vote, hardware, software, vote flipping, ghost votes, 
dead people voting, multiple votes, outcome determinative fraud in the election that got Joe Biden elected. Now he's flipped course and said, election interference sounds a lot like tampered voting. I'll I'll just talk about that. Maybe nobody will notice. But we noticed here on the Midas Touch Network that those two things are not the same, although they've been conflated by Donald Trump in his recent filing. And then my other favorite point in the briefing is to compare Donald Trump admitting, admitting that Jack Smith's indictment is the pillars of it, supporting it, upholding it, are every major intelligence, law enforcement, and attorney's in the government at the time, and even now, in their testimony, evidence, advice, and analysis, supports the indictment. But that should all be ignored, according to Donald Trump, because we should just trust his independent judgment, like 100 million Americans do. I'm not making that false equivalency up. On one hand, they make another admission that they probably didn't want to make, is that the indictment is well supported by facts, evidence, analysis, information of key people in government that are all at odds against Donald Trump's testimony. (laughs) But we should ignore all of that in the magical thinking of Donald Trump world and just take Donald Trump at his word. Then he'll get to the bottom. There must be fraud. This is like, you know, this is like Commander Queeg in the Kane mutiny. There's got to be a second key, you know, to get the strawberries. There's got to be two keys, Humphrey Bogart. That's not my Humphrey Bogart, but that was Humphrey Bogart, right? There's no second key, right? Strawberries all got eaten by everybody on the ship. <laughs> Sorry, it's the movie's from the 1950s, so I'm not doing a spoiler alert. Back to Trump, though. He says in his, um, on page six of the motion, he says he admits that the indictment is supported by these pillars. Think about the support structure here. The indictment endorses the alleged views of senior White House attorneys. That's a pretty good group. That's a group Donald Trump picked, vetted, put in office, relied on. People with titles like White House counsel, deputy White House counsel, assistant to the deputy White House counsel. You know, those people. Uh, Here's another pillar that undergirds the indictment. Senior leaders of the Justice Department. Okay, so they also support the indictment? And who are they? Oh, you know, Bill Barr, the acting attorney general, Jeff Rosen, the deputy acting attorney general that worked for him. You know, everybody in the Department of Justice, in Trump's Department of Justice, in Trump's White House, everybody, except maybe Jeff Clark, who's a indicted co-conspirator in Georgia and an unindicted co-conspirator in D.C., Maybe he doesn't agree, but everybody else sounds like a pretty good foundation for the indictment so far. Don't you think that Trump's conceding to, but I'm not done. He also says that the indictment is supported by, and the allegations of it by the intelligence community, the entire intelligence community of the United States, the CIA, the FBI, the, uh, the director of national intelligence, uh, Homeland Security Intelligence, the intelligence bureaus and agencies of every aspect and arm of the armed forces and branch of the armed forces, you know, that intelligence community, all in favor of the indictment and against Donald Trump's position. 
And, and then finally, the Department of Homeland Security Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, known as CISA, and its director at the time, Chris Krebs, who got fired by Donald Trump. Right. The one agency who, in its name, has the integrity of the election as its remit, as its mandate, determined that it was the safest, most fair election and, and the integrity of the election was upheld than any other election in American history. But that's to be ignored. That's on page six. On page four, Donald Trump wants you to believe that that should be all ignored. And instead, let me read it to you, because you won't believe it. He says, and I quote, The indictment in this case reflects little more than partisan advocacy designed to sabotage President Trump's leading campaign for the 2024 presidential election. Again, there's not a shred of evidence that that's true. And not one quoted in their motion either, or in an affidavit, or a declaration, or a piece of paper. They go on. Consistent with the improper and unlawful goal, the special counsel's office has chosen to rely on the views of witnesses who aligned with the Biden administration's political viewpoints and to treat those biased opinions as objective and irrefutable truths regarding the integrity of the 2020 election. Stop right there. Because they go on and list on page nine who he's talking about, about the witnesses, the views of witnesses. Yeah, the views of the intelligence community, the entire Department of Justice, White House Counsel, and the Office of Cybersecurity and Election Integrity. You know, those people. They all have R's next to their name. They were all Republicans. They weren't Democrats. Now, suddenly, they're aligned with Biden's political views. Not one of them are serving in the Biden administration. Not one of them served in the Obama administration. They only served in the Trump administration. So I don't even understand that sentence, but it gets better or worse. This is my favorite part of the brief, 37 pages. It was not unreasonable at the time and certainly not criminal for President Trump to disagree with officials now favored by the prosecution and to rely instead on, now here's the point where you think in the brief, they would list a lot of counterfacts. Other people, well, maybe the attorney general t- was against us, but the deputy attorney general was, wasn't. Or, you know, maybe the cybersecurity head director was against us, but the deputy director wasn't. Or, you know, the Department of Justice, uh, or, you know, this 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 person, but his, his second in command. No, there's nothing after this sentence, except for more words written on a page by a lawyer. And so it says, and certainly not criminal for President Trump to disagree with officials now favored by the prosecution and to rely instead on the independent judgment that the American people elected him to use while leading the country. Okay, take a giggle break. (laughs) Take a laugh break because that's their case. How do I know? It's in the first page, first paragraph. That orients, that's supposed to be your roadmap paragraph where you tell the judge exactly where your case is going to go, what you got on your side. And if you had anything on your side other than ridiculous, meritless, baseless uh, comments, you'd put it right there. You'd attach a graph or a chart 
or a list or a bunch of affidavits or some testimonial references to show that, you know, it's just not you behind a keyboard with nothing else, right? Uh, that you're not just, uh, you know, all hat and no cattle, as they like to say in certain parts of the country, you know, like Manhattan. And <laughs> that's that's it, guys. Uh, I'll go through other aspects of this, but it's the independent judgment the American people elected him to use versus the entire weight of, of intelligence, law enforcement, uh, data collection, uh, in, uh, everything, evidence that support the indictment. Which one are you going to pick? Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days. Having a consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. When I don't get enough sleep, trust me, you don't want to be around me the next day. Introducing Beam Dream. You know we've been raving about Beam's Dream Powder, their healthy hot cocoa for sleep. And today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now available in delicious seasonal flavors like cinnamon cocoa, sea salt caramel, and white chocolate peppermint. Better sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. I've personally tried Beam Dream. It certainly lived up to the hype. It was delicious and just a lovely nighttime routine. And secondly, and most importantly, it helped me fall asleep and stay asleep. Find out why Forbes and the New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year and get up to 50% off for a limited time. When you go to shopbeam.com slash legal AF, the discount is auto-applied at checkout, no code necessary. That's shopbeam.com slash legal AF for up to 50% off. So uh, besides the fact that he agrees that Putin got him elected and that he's got nothing to support his his position that Joe Biden is trying to interfere with the 2020 election by manipulating the special counsel, what else is he, what else is he interested in getting? And what else did I learn? Well, there's one other revelation that finally got resolved in writing in the papers that has always been a mystery. And that's the status of Jeff Clark, the unindicted number four co-conspirator in D.C., and the indicted co-conspirator in Georgia. He was a low-level, five or six down the chain, assistant attorney general, wasn't a deputy, just an assistant, who all of a sudden in December and January, just before Trump left office, he leapfrogged over and got promotion after promotion in the last like 15 days of the administration. The Jan 6 committee thought, and it's in their report, that Jeff Clark was offered the job of acting attorney general. Of course, he was never confirmed in in the late December, early January time period, but that was never confirmed. It is now. 
in their filing, they talk about on page 11 that there was a classified briefing to co-conspirator four, who for some reason, I think if they, they say his name, they think they're going to burn. Um, and then, so they never say who it is, but I'll tell you who it is. Jeff Clark by the Director of National Intelligence. So National Intelligence Director conducts a briefing with what I thought at the time was a number seven uh, attorney in the office. Nope. Uh, on page 11, they say that that guy, the, the Jeff uh, Clark, was, quote, the acting attorney general in the meeting. Okay? Even the Jan 6 committee couldn't figure out he was the acting attorney general. We knew he was offered the job by Trump, not that he took it. So according to Donald Trump, on Jan 1 of 2021, he was on his fourth attorney general and at least three in the last year and two in the last month. And this only 19 days away from his going out of business sale and, and the moving trucks pulling up to the White House. In that last gasp, you know, as the as they're circling the drain in the Trump, Trump administration, you know, they make an attorney general out of Jeff Clark, who sits for an intelligence briefing. And then he writes or revises the letter that he's about to write on behalf of Donald Trump, using the Department of Justice and Justice as a weapon to places like Georgia, telling them, hold on on certification. Hold it. Hold it. We think there might be fraud. There's no way that whatever he was told in that national defense information briefing would have led him to conclude that there was fraud. But we got another concession by Donald Trump in the filing. And then there's a series of other things I'm going to leave for another hot take in which they raise issues about maybe there was cyber hacking, maybe there was uh, foreign state-sponsored cyber hacking, breaking into computers. Maybe there was software, malware. I'm like, okay, I've heard about all these things before and and nothing. There's no connection for that anywhere in their papers. Now's the time to the election fraud that they claim happened. There's no link. It's just like, hey, we think it's interesting. We read about solar winds. Uh, the malware that may have been used by a foreign country. And we just think it's fun. We should go look and see maybe it, maybe something happened in the uh, in the voting machines. Come on. Really? It's just now just now a laundry list of whatever you read in the paper. That's what we're that's what we're left with. And then on the Gen 6 committee report, which they want more information about, they reference that the Gen 6 committee report talked about Russian Chinese, uh, Iranian, Cuban attempts to influence the outcome of the election. But again, this is that conflating of concepts. Donald Trump was fraud guy, not Russian trolls are trying to make you vote a certain way guy. And now he's claiming, no, no, it was all the same thing. I was really involved with that. All right, look, there. Let, let me just concede something up front, right? For credibility's sake. There is no doubt that Russian, Iranian, Chinese, Cuban, and other, even allies, use disinformation campaigns in order to put fellow Americans at each other's throats. They do. They foment discontent in this country to weaken us. We're not, it's just that we're gullible. 
People sit on their computers all day long and they think they're in a chat room with one of their buddies, you know, who's like-minded and they're really in a chat room with a, with a troll who's Chinese operative or a Russian operative. And they're using campaigns and flashcards and subliminal messaging and all of that, like the Manchurian candidate, in order to get you to vote a certain way. That is for sure. That has been going on for decades. We do it in other countries. That is a different issue that needs to be addressed so that uh, social media is sort of scrubbed of attempts by foreign interference, state-sponsored terrorism, and state-sponsored disinformation campaigns to um, get involved with our, our voting system. I agree with that. That has nothing to do with Donald Trump. He wasn't, when he was making his phone calls to election officials and elected officials around the battleground states, and he was calling Georgia and Arizona and Nevada and talking to the Speaker of the House and, you know, any kind of legislator or, or election official he could get his hands on. He wasn't saying to them, uh, you know, the Chinese did this to me. The Russians did it. You know, they flipped votes. That's not what he said. Some of it's recorded, like in Georgia. What he said was there was some sort of mischief mischief in the voting machines or software. And there was fraud in the voting. And that contributed to him losing. That's why the other guy got 7 million more votes, not for some other reason. And so what's going to happen? Let me just sum up this hot take with this 37-page brief at the last minute to try to delay the election in front of Judge Chutkin. It's not going to work. And I'll give you the blueprint for it. She just ruled earlier in the week on their request for quote-unquote missing Jan 6 documents from the committee. She first said there aren't any missing Jan 6 documents. That's one. Two, you've had all this time to tell me what in particular from the Jan 6 committee you didn't get. The government has already told me what they've given you with a catalog and I don't see anything missing, so tell me what it is. You had your opportunity, but you didn't do that, and that's a problem. And and no, I'm not going to give you the video versions of the witness testimony by the Gen 6 committee, because Lord knows what you'll do with it. She's already ruled about relevancy, and they're having to show and make out their burden, carry their burden to show a connection between the information and a defense or relevancy in the case, and they haven't. Same thing here. Just because they're characterizing it as a motion to compel, asking for what's called Brady or exculpatory material from the Department of Justice, doesn't, through a feat of alchemy, convert this into a fishing expedition. Just go ask for whatever you want. Solar hacking never had any connection to the to the uh, uh, voting. Sure, 2016 election about a 2022 issue. Sure, why not? Now, we're beyond... Why not? Let's go rummaging through the drawers of our government. Why don't you tell us every, you know, every informant in the FBI that was at Jan 6? The answer to that is there were a lot of, there was a handful of informants that were participating in the Jan 6 insurrection, but they weren't there at the behest of the FBI. They were just there as citizens and also happened to have been informants in drug and violent crimes. Um, and, but they were exercising their own First Amendment right and the like. And that's the lack of uh, intellectual honesty that's often missing or, or present, sorry, in the Trump filings. It's the hallmark of the Trump filings. It's just lawyer blather, 
talking point, palm card uh, points they want to make over and over again without a shred of evidence, without a shred of corroborating information. And that's what judges like Judge Chutkin, when they throw them out, say, you didn't carry your burden. Where's your evidence? It's completely unsupported. And now we're in that world. We're in the world of evidence. We're evidence-based in our justice system. We're document-based. We're information-based, analysis-based, witness testimony-based. We're beyond the independent judgment of Donald Trump to crown himself king and stay in power, which is what he basically said in his brief. I'll continue to follow on hot takes like this one. Everything and anything Donald Trump does at any time in any of the cases, civil or federal, criminal or state, around the world, including in London, only one place exclusively on the Midas Touch Network, on this YouTube channel, and on hot takes like this one at the intersection of law, politics, and justice. Join us every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the YouTube channel for Midas for a podcast curated that we call Legal AF. It is what you think. Until my next hot take, give me a thumbs up on this one. Until my next Legal AF, see you Wednesday and Saturday. This is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.